The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. What about you? What about me? That's... Yeah, how did it all begin, man? With 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 what? That's too big of a question for me. <laughs> I'm freaking out, man. I, I mean, I think you said on an email or whatever you were uh, you were totally into. You you came in at ten as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, yeah, okay. What was that? I was like seventh, eighth grade when that came out. Oh wow. Okay, so I am a lot and, older uh, than you. <laughs> yeah, not, not not a lot. It's you know, it's you 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 probably getting out of high school when I was probably getting in, getting in or so. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Wow, that's but, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's and you know, I didn't really have it was like one friend I had who was like the alternative guy. So like when Pearl Jam came out, he was like, Oh yeah, he knew like all the <laughs> Seattle bands, you know, he knew Nirvana and Soundgarden and Alice oh, in Chains wow. and everything right, like that. Right. I was like, Oh yeah, I like I like uh, Pearl Jam. He's like, Oh yeah, Pearl Jam, they're good, they're cool. And nice. then like that was that was that was it. That was the only friend I had for a while. <laughs> That's awesome. That was, into the, that was uh, into the band. And then, you know, I kind of brought other people into it as I was in school and stuff like that. Uh, that's awesome. Well, I have another friend um, who's about your age, came into the band at the same time, super hard. And he was pretty hardcore into it. And uh, he's really actually, he's a, hist- I mean, I mean, he's probably like you and a lot of the folks you've had on, like super academic, like knows how many times a certain song was played in what cities and, has all the merch and it's kind of funny. So I always go to him. His name is Brian. I always go to him to to find a fact or two. <laughs> oh yeah, well there's there's websites for that. You just know the right websites. And it's like, oh yeah, I right, can sound like right. I'm super smart. I'm just pulling all right. these facts off the top of my head. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't have exactly. these tabs open in my browser. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 6 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. Today, we're talking about the Yield song, Do the Evolution, with guest Carlos Casas. Hello, Carlos. Hello, Brandon. And uh, this is this is the first time I've had you on. I'm happy to be here. It's awesome. Thanks. Oh, well, it's always, it's always good to talk to new people who yeah. are passionate about Pearl Jam and want to wanna geek out with me since <laughs> I don't have anybody in real life I can talk to. Yeah, all my is... friends are married and moved away, and so I... we're an eccentric group, aren't we? <laughs> oh yeah, I've been I've been trying to to indoctrinate my uh, my daughter young. It's like, oh, you want to listen to Pearl Jam, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, oh yes. Nice. Yeah, my son's too. He's a uh, he's into it. I um, as Tom has eloquently said, I've forced him to li- to like Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> but is uh yeah same here my son's super into him as well yeah that's that's kind of the way it is you know you're young and you know you're forced to listen to the music your parents are listening to so <laughs> sometimes you end oh, up liking man. it you do that's true that's true hmm. yeah he's definitely he was exposed as an infant i actually took him to uh he was born in august in 2005 mm-hmm. and that 
October, Pearl Jam played at Atlantic City. It was a pretty, it was a pretty cool show, and and they were playing at Trump uh, Casino. No, oh, really, Trump Plaza. Yeah, and uh, my wife was like, "There's no way you're leaving me with a two month old <laughs> to go to see Pearl Jam with your buddy." in Atlantic city, which I was saying earlier to you, like he was like two hours away. Everything's two hours away. (laughs) So, so, uh, we ended up getting a room. I brought my wife and my son, Charlie got the, his Pearl jam onesie. Awesome. (laughs) He was like literally Brandon. He was literally like six weeks old (laughs) and, um, he was there up in the hotel room and my wife was there and treated her to like some sort of spa day while I went to see the show phenomenal show i didn't realize how small that room was it must have been like it must have been ten thousand people tops it was awesome yeah we had we were i guess ga or whatever but yeah my son 2005 (laughs) (laughs) right right out of the gate man (laughs) walked out of the walked out of the hospital and right into a pearl jam show six (laughs) seven weeks later jeez louise you gotta, he, 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 we gotta pass it on to the next generation. So pretty much, my daughter ain't having it though, man. <laughs> you want to hear something really funny? Like she, she knows all the songs, mm-hmm. and she can't stand that she knows the songs. <laughs> so I'll like, I'll like pick up the guitar, I'll play a riff, and I'm like, okay, Ellie, what is this song? And she look at me, she roll her eyes. Let's do the evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, dad. Yeah, I, like, I only know it because you play it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, we're, we're we're talking about the past, so let's bring it let's bring it further back into the past and uh I always yeah. ask my first time guests, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam? Good question. Um for me it was uh the spring or the the summer or the um Early spring, late winter, I, I want to say it was probably the winter of 91, uh, right after Christmas or in November. My buddy, at that time, um, I was pretty heavy into like, you know, uh, old school NWA and rap and hip hop. Mm-hmm. And you know, I always admired rock and roll, but, and I knew of it and followed it kind of gently or whatever, but I was never that into it. And then my buddy, um, who I used to, who I worked with at the beach patrol was just like, dude, you've got to, I got to put this CD in. It's going to change your life. And, um, popped it in the CD player and it was 10 and it was even flow and alive and, and once and I just, it, I was just literally blown away. And that was, uh, yeah, that was about 1991, November into, into the spring of 1992. And that's all she wrote, Brandon. Like I couldn't get enough of it. it that band, you know, Pearl Jam introduced me to the guitar literally that summer. I went away, right away and picked up a guitar and, um, and I've been literally, what was that? I don't know. How many years ago was that now? 28, 27. I don't even know. It's been constant rotation since, since that, um, since that time, literally, um, crazy. And I'm a surfer. So, and then having learned more about the band and obviously Eddie Vedder and his, uh, his love and passion for surfing really endeared me to the band even more. And, but yeah, it was 10. I think I was 18, maybe Yeah, I was 18 years old and it was awesome. Just, uh, could not get enough of it. Um, bought the CD, bought the cassette tapes, started raiding my, local music shops looking for all kinds of rare stuff and yeah it was um pretty neat yeah that's that's kind of the way it was for me too like i was just listening to whatever the radio top 40 sort of stuff so you know the boys to men uh, 
all that all that uh right. kind of pop <laughs> stuff and everything like that and you know get the the purple cassette or whatever like that and you're like what the heck is this it's like oh well right. all music sounds the same right it's all right that kind of stuff and it's like whoa what the heck it's like completely different blow <laughs> right. your mind it 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 totally did brandon and it moved me it moved it really moved me like nothing else have ever moved me like you know i was heavy into michael jackson i like boys the men i, I mean i still like that music i still like mm-hmm. i mean it's good music music is music right and it's art and you know it's i, I get it and i was really in, into it i enjoyed it i loved rap and the whole hip-hop scene i still do um but when i had started listening to 10 and every song one after the other was equally just it was just amazing and raw and young sounding and it still had a hook it was poppy enough to attract someone like me and then hard enough to make me a little harder <laughs> you know to take take add a little edge to me a little bit you know i wasn't super into metallica or, or metal at the time i enjoyed it but i never really i never gravitated to it but man um 10 really on, i mean honestly no bullshit i mean it, it like changed my life it changed my life in so many different ways in terms of my my perspectives on music and life and and i was about to, i was going into college or i was either a freshman in college and kind of figuring out my own way, my own life and what I wanted to do when I grew up and reading more about the band and, and uh, you know, with Andy Wood and the whole struggles that they were having, what, what they wanted to do and mm-hmm. hearing Eddie Vedder's story a little bit. It really, it really just at that time in my life, it really kind of transformed my perspective. And um, I'm really grateful for it, to be honest with you. Really grateful for it. I mean, you know, my wife isn't that grateful for it just because it's always on the radio. <laughs> it's always on the TV. It's always, it's always in the car playing. It's always on my Alexa playing, but uh, it's all those charges <laughs> in the bank account. <laughs> exactly. <so>. The 10 <laughs> club charges one after another. And, but um, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Um, years are the same though, right? You got into it at 10 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, back then, and just kind of, oh, wow, and, you know, the, the internet doesn't really exist yet, so no. you're kind of, you go into the record shops or whatever and see, it's like, oh, yep, still that same CD, they haven't put anything else new yet, but then mm-hmm. you'll see a single, it's like, what? It's like, oh my gosh, there's one song that isn't on right. the CD, oh, I gotta get it, even though it's three songs, but it costs the same as a <laughs> right. as a 10-song CD or whatever. Exactly. It's just one extra thing, I gotta get it. Yeah, I was on the import hunt. Like I remember just yeah. like trying to find stuff from Europe. I remember buying a, a yellow uh, um, cardboard CD uh, CD case with uh, the ten logo on it, and uh, it was from Japan. I talked about it on the other podcast, and and uh, you know I was like, whoa! And it had like three songs. I've already lost it. I have no idea where it is. But um, you know the, the imports at that time in the early '90s, mid '90s were a big deal to collectors or like early fans like me. Just trying to find anything, anything, you know, just to continue to scratch that itch, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think we were trading, you know, we were there's a couple of used net groups. I was a tech geek back then, so you know, there's some used net groups that you know uh, I was trading tapes with, and some guy would like be at some show and you know record it on the cassette tape, and then you had to go and send him ten bucks, and he'll send you a copy of the cassette tape, and it was like Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. It's a long way, at least uh, sound-wise. From it's like, oh, listen to those. I know those tapes, and it's like, oh wait, I gotta, I gotta flip my little Dolby thing. So it's right. like, it's right. Oh, that, that <laughs> totally. makes a big difference. Oh yeah, totally. And like, and 
in the access of it too. I mean, Tom talks about it all the time, and it's just like we just had a hard time getting, at least on the East Coast, we just had a hard time getting to them, like hard time getting music, and uh, it was like a treasure hunt constantly. And when did they release verses? Like I don't know, sixteen months later. Yeah. yeah, something like two years later, and it was just like, oh my god. So finally, it feel it feels like that. It feels it, back then it felt like felt like ages, and now now it's like even more than that. It's like every five years. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> it's right. like seven years but luckily, between. I'm older, like, oh, man. You know, you're older now. There's life in the way, so it's like not that big of a deal. But when you're a college student and all you're doing is you know doing college dorky things and studying, you know, it's just like oh, I want something new, but. Well, uh, let's uh, let's start talking about the song now. Yeah, man. Let's see. We got uh, "Do the Evolution." They premiered it, and on uh, November twelfth, nineteen ninety-seven, at the Catalyst in Santa Cruz, they played a surprise gig as the Honking Seals, as a warm-up for their Rolling Stones uh, opening little run they did in the in Oakland, and at that uh, same show they debuted "Given the Flying Wish List." Uh huh. Stone plays the bass on this song. It's not wow. Jeff. And uh, let's see, it's not an official single, but they right. did release a video for it on uh, August 24th, 1998 on 120 Minutes on MTV. I remember staying up late. It's like, oh, they're going to play it 120 Minutes. Oh, I got to watch it. And have my tape in the VCR and waiting for it to, to come on and just recording the whole thing. And it's like, oh, yeah. Um, let's see the uh, the song pretty much. Oh, and if you have if you have your uh, liner notes for Yield out, uh, you're gonna find the little Yield symbol uh, in the grass, kind of to the right of the uh, of the teepee. There, there's two little like flowers or something, and the little Yield symbol is right there by it. Right. Um. Okay. So the song. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, Yield was a big. That was another turning point in my life when that's when that that album came out. Oh yeah, it was it came it came out on my birthday. Oh cool. Yeah, February third, nineteen ninety eight, and um, I was living in Costa Rica at the time, and uh, I was like eight hours away, eight 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 hours by slow bus or you know hour and a half with mm-hmm. the real car, but whew, I took that long bus trek. To the main city in Costa Rica to go find that record and uh, that CD. And did you find it? I did. I went to the only mall in San Jose, bought it, mm-hmm. took the next bus back back to uh, the coast where I was living, and um, and it just was on constant rotation for the year when I lived in Costa Rica for a year. And uh, I had my had my little piece of shit guitar, learned all the songs, and um, I was like, man, this record's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool like you know so another another record that was super 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 special to me a because it came out on my birthday and i was living out of the country at the time Mm -hmm. and just obviously you know uh big big another big turning point for me i think just because i was graduated college at that point and uh trying to figure it out and um and once again the band comes through for me and does something that gets me jolted Kind of like you know, Gigaton. You know, all this depressed, you know, all this sad news around us. Then, bam, Gigaton hits the hits the radio waves and hits the Spotify waves. I'm like, yes, just what I needed. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the timing of it is just like I don't know. It's like they just have this impeccable timing. I don't know, just for, for some of the records. But uh, 
anyways sorry to go off topic there but yeah oh no it's it's uh, hey it's all it's all content baby that's uh, <laughs> that's what i'm looking for <laughs> when i first heard the song and and like still like kind of thinking about it like you kind of at least for me it was kind of like oh man this song is so hard oh it's so metal oh geez yeah <laughs> and kind of like listen to it now like especially with headphones or something like that you're kind of like no, the guitars are barely distorted. It's like, huh, it's not really, <laughs> huh. I love the song. Um, when I think of Do the Evolution, I think of my the live experiences for some reason. It just it's instantly just, it's a big, it's an epic event or a, a, an event within the show, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, Do the Evolution. So for some reason, when you brought that to me over email, I was just like, okay. The first thoughts that were coming to my head was all the live shows that I've been to and watching that song or hearing listening to that song and the, the crowd participation. But you know, it's also one of the things that that song along with that record in its in its entirety really started representing for me was the evolution of the band and where they were kind of going towards in their um social views and social perspectives right that's kind of where at least my mind was starting and i know for single single pot or single video theory they were talking about yield to you know yield to whatever happens and we're going to yield to bigger events and yield to higher powers or whatever what Eddie Eddie was saying during that show but the um I started to realize at that time like man um they're kind of getting into it you know and they're getting into uh really taking a stance and starting to really show their opinions on things and and I was curious if that's where kind of the beginning or the start of some of that not pardon my pun but parting the ways right you know just have some fans groups of fans who were not so into you know the the social aspects of the band and and then there's groups of fans that are into like super into the music mm-hmm. and the social side isn't as prevalent in their mind i don't know like i've you know that record and and reading on some of the forums i'm starting to see these pockets of fans i don't know what's your opinion on that brandon that's how i felt with with yield and obviously you know after verses and I started feeling a little bit more start far starting to feel more social social consciousness i guess uh i think it was always there at, at least in some respects because you know they would do like rock for choice shows and you know rock the vote and that sort of stuff and um i mean they mm-hmm. they they had the song on versus glorified g which you know glorified version of a pellet right. gun so that's kind of right. like anti-gun right and that's true. um like in the uh in the liner notes of Vitology and Whipping, there's like the um the petition to uh President Clinton about um an abortion doctor being killed and stuff like that. So I mean there's I think they've kinda always had it. Right. And I think that after people were kind of scared away from just how weird no code was sounding, they were just kinda like, Okay, you know, now we got these people who, you know, aren't super into us mm-hmm. kind of maybe not paying as much attention to us and we got the people who are really listening to us and the people who are sticking with us now we can really focus and be who we really are and not have to worry about trying to to sell ourselves as you know 
hunks on the cover of teen beats or you know being on mtv all the time and all that sort of stuff we can just kind of do what we want to do and say what we believe in and and what we want to do and kind of uh you know if people like it then you know cool hopefully they'll bring that out in their communities as well and if uh people don't like it then well that's it's not like we haven't lost a bunch of <laughs> fans the <laughs> year or two before so yeah i mean I, I i see that and you're right i think there is definitely no uh political or social overtones and all their records that i just felt like it was just getting more and more prevalent as records were coming out i guess mm-hmm. and part of it is you you made a point about this is who we are. This is what we represent. This is what we're going to do. Do you truly believe it's we, like this is what we represent? Because there's five slash six band members. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's that's really a we statement? Or maybe it's Pearl Jam, couple of bandmates, and everybody else is kind of coming along? Um. I always kind of got the feeling that Mike was kind of just kind of hanging out and along. Yeah, for the I, I feel that way. I feel that way too. But but I I think that you know especially now with uh, getting more into uh, Crohn's sort of um, charities and stuff like that too. Like I think that he's seen that it's like oh you know what let's you know this is something I'm passionate about it. I'm gonna bring it to the band and you know everybody kind of gets behind it and everything like that. I always felt that as far as uh, social message and stuff like that, it's been mostly uh, Ed and Jeff. That's it. I, think I, they, they kind I agree. Of, yeah, they kind of feel like the ones that are the most granola-y. 100%. That's 100%. I, I feel like that, that way as well. I feel like, I think their, philanthrop- their philanthrop- philanthropy is amazing. You know, just what they do with the bridge shows and Crohn's and all these charities. Um, the, the, the research for uh, the EB research thing that the vetters have. Um, amazing, amazing uh, philanthropic you know, energy that they have the political side and the social side, you know, I'm just curious of how much of that is actually we and not me, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's where I get a little fuzzy and I, I don't want to blanket the banks. I don't want to, they could all be that way. I don't or all have that same perspective, but it doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't feel that way. Does that make any sense? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back to do the evolution, that's, that was one of the things that that's why I brought it up was like, wow, it's in my face, especially the video. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, man, they're all about it now. They're just like announcing to the world. We are against this, 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 and this, you know, we're killing the planet. We're, you know, anxiety and abortion and, and this and that. And, really taking a stance and at least that was my initial reaction to it what about you yeah the, um this is the other the other literarily influenced uh or inspired song on the album this one from uh daniel quinn's ishmael book did you ever did you ever read that when you're out in costa rica trying to find yourself or <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, for, I'll be honest, you know, the music, even up at that point, was about the music, you know, and, I, and I, I'm not a, a huge, I wasn't a huge fan of storytelling and, and, and the lyrics and stuff. I, I mean, I, I really loved them. Like, I love Oceans and the fact that it was about a surfboard. And obviously that touched, that tickled, that tickled my heart quite a bit. But like, the music was so awesome. And that's what I gravitated to. And I, and I know there's a whole group of fans that really gravitate to the to the lyrics and the storytelling, which is also phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm preparing for this podcast. Um, I did do a, I didn't see the whole thing with Daniel Quinn and the influence of what, you know, the, the, what inspired Eddie and in the, in the lyric, the lyric side of things. 
I, uh, you know, of course, when I found out about it, I was like, oh, I got to read it. I got to, it's, it's, it's Pearl Jam. It's something to do with Pearl Jam. I got to do it. I didn't bother trying to check out that, uh, the other book from, uh, Pilot. The, oh. I was like, ah, that sounds a little too dry to me. <laughs> you actually read the book? Uh, yeah, I read Ishmael. Okay. Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, it, and it, I think it's one of those books that if you read it in the right time of your life, it kind of makes a huge impact. And if you're kind of a little bit older and you read it, you're kind of like, oh, geez, this is, you know, some Got it. hippie bullshit or whatever, you know. Right, right, right. But yeah, it's it's basically just about trying to realize that, you know, just because you're a human, we're humans doesn't mean we're at the peak of it all, that, that we're the end all be all of, of evolution or whatever. And we're always going to do the right thing and all this sort of stuff. Because I mean, if, if we have a nuclear war and everything like that, there's just going to be scorpions and cockroaches. So how evolved can we really be right. if we can't even survive that? That's interesting. Yeah. And the, and the, the video is very sort of, um, sort of violence as being the, the catastrophe that's going to, to, to end the world and everything like that. And then, you know, that's from 98. And then now in 2020, you have the video for retrograde and it's sort of like, Oh, you know, it's destroying the environment. That's going to be our undoing instead. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm just the wrong guy, man. Like I, I love, I love those songs retrograde and do the evolution. And uh, I'm just not an alarmist. You know, and, and I understand. I mean, I do think there are those issues. I do think, you know, we have to be conscious about the environment. We have to be sensitive about stuff. But am I going to tell you that it's the end of the world is coming? Like, it's just not all that. Uh, to me, it's just not all that negative. Um, people have been I, saying I that love... the world is going to end ever since, you know, people could could uh, uh, tell stories, you know. It's like, it's oh, it's on the horizon. It's going to end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I, it's, it's just, uh, I respect the band and I, I, it's really pay me. It helps me pay attention to the stuff. And I, you know, I know Gigaton with the, with the environmentally conscious, mm-hmm. you know, tones that it has is phenomenal. And I, you pay, you know, it's, it's really interesting, but you're right. Do the evolution was violent. I was just like, I was like doing head jerks the whole time when I first watched <laughs> it. I was like, Whoa, wow. And then, uh, and then like, what did Todd McFarlane, McFarlane say? Like, uh, basically we've tried to make a good stoner video, <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, on Wikipedia, you know, it's like, yeah, I was, and I, I busted out laughing. So like, it was cool that I saw, I read that because one of the things about my person about me in general is this, how seriously do you want to take yourself? Mm-hmm. So, and that's part of what Tom and I have with the into deep podcast is like, how seriously do you want to take yourself? Is it really that serious? Is it really that bad that we can't have, you know, have fun and, and be a little cynical and just try to live life to the fullest and enjoy what we have and be grateful and be thankful. And I'm very thankful for the music. I'm very thankful for, for this song and for that record and makes definitely makes me pay attention to social, more social issues and gets me educated on it. But is it going to like make me into this, to the super fan that I'm not, it's definitely not going to make me do that, that kind of super fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, but it's going to keep me on. It's, I'm going to always be the super fan. That's just loves the riffs, the music, the groove, the harmony, the, the, the lyrics. Um, but to get really deep into it. And I guess I'm showing my age, as you were saying earlier, it's like, ah, like, you know, I got to live my life, man. I got to pay <laughs> my bills. 
you know, I got to make, I'm only on this earth, you know, yeah. for a certain amount of time and I want to make the best for it and provide for my family. And, but not to say that those issues aren't important. They're really important, but you know, I get it. You know, that's, that's, you know, to your point earlier, that's who the band wants to be. And that's what, that's the platform that they're choosing to use music as their platform. And, uh, as you saw on PJ 20 and in their Texas shows, not everybody agrees with it, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, they still love the music and, and, um, and I, I totally yeah. respect it. That's how I feel about it. At least Brandon. And, uh, uh, back to the video, it was, uh, directed by Kevin Altieri and Todd McFarlane, Todd McFarlane, I guess, taking a break from, uh, buying home run baseballs right. to, uh, <laughs> do this uh, video. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh yeah kevin altieri has oh, uh right. worked on the batman animated series and todd mcfarlane of course was uh invented the comic character spawn and drew a bunch of uh of uh spider-man and stuff and had his uh spawn animated series on hbo did you ever watch that back when that was on yep a few yeah that was just weird <laughs> that was weird man that was totally weird it's like, huh, really violent and, uh, cartoon boobs it's kind of like what the heck are you trying yeah. to do <laughs> <laughs> I I I love do the evolution. I, it was captivating, mm -hmm. you know. I I definitely enjoyed it, and um, I thought the the animation was 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 on point. Get that kind of Japanimation type of feel to it. Yeah, just really simple lines and stuff like that. Yeah, and I like Japanimation. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long, long time, but I used to be you know in college and stuff. I used to really enjoy those movies. And oh yeah, that's when you're supposed to get into it in college when you're uh, yeah. <laughs> We gotta watch Akira. We gotta watch. Uh... <laughs> you remember that? You remember that video game, uh, Street Fighter? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, totally, man. So like, I mean, that's what introduced me to Japan animation, and then seeing all those types of. But anyway, not to totally geek myself out, but uh, <laughs> I like. Um, I thought Do the Evolution was the whole thing was really neat. I I, I like the story of it for sure. I like the way they tied the the animation to the lyrics, and they told the story and. Um, from an entertainment had high entertainment value in my opinion right mm -hmm. and i think it uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i think it even had some sort of awards or got nominated for some awards for film too um hey now that you mention it here's some of those facts that i said i was gonna hold on to uh it was uh yeah in, uh in the 99 grammys it was nominated for short form music video and it lost to madonna ray of light you've of course everybody remembers that <laughs> uh great video of madonna <laughs> dancing around and time lapse photography <laughs> or stuff oh yeah right yeah no i couldn't tell you if i remember i don't even know it but uh and uh yeah it was also nominated for a uh, hard rock performance which it lost to oh, nice. uh, to the song most high by page and plant oh wow okay all right well that's respectable that had to have been real hard rock but no no yeah if you're gonna lose exactly. somebody you, you know if you're losing page and plan it's kind of like oh yeah well yeah of course <laughs> i thought it was awesome yeah so no doubt and i think like i think one thing that's really cool about the band is that they are very thoughtful and they're very thoughtful about the content that they produce and and the results speak for themselves i mean they they always seem to get nominated for something Right. I mean, there's some award, this or that. So you can tell they're very thoughtful on their work and they're very, even some of the stories that the band was talking about on, on Sirius radio, you know, about how they're making a gigaton and, um, 
is really insightful. So it's it's really cool because part of me was just like when I when you well, I'm still my mind goes back to ten and I'm like oh yeah they wrote this they wrote the album in a week they gigged in two weeks I'm like wow really and and now here we are in 2020 and I'm fine we're we're hearing them they're really just thoughtful to take a hundred takes of one song and change the lyrics right and left so it's really cool and and um and now they're uh, getting some accolades for it or they always seem to have accolades for it. But I don't know. I mean, is like do the evolution, right? I mean, going back to the song, is that something, Brandon, for you at your shows that you've been to? Like, it's like no matter what you're doing, if you're on your way to go get a beer or whatever, you're like running back to your seat. Like, it's one of those songs, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's it's I think it's totally too like. I think there's like some songs from you know some other bands or something like that where it's kind of like they'll like try to design, oh, we'll have this part of this song. At least it kind of feels that way to me where some are like, we'll have this part of the song where everybody's singing along and everybody's like, yeah, getting into this. Like it kind of feels contrived, at least to me, probably because I'm not a fan of that particular band or whatever. But then like with this song, there's the hallelujah thing where it feels like completely organic where like everybody was like, oh, let's all sing this part and they'll, you know, turn on the lights and everything like that. And, you know, it is our church. Oh, it is. It is, man. Oh my gosh. Were you gonna? Did you have any tickets to this last uh, tour before they canceled? Uh, no, I didn't have the money for it. Oh man. But now I do. So hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had tickets to Baltimore, and man, God, it was like two weeks before mm-hmm. uh, the whole coronavirus. And Tom and I were talking about. Tom got shut out by the fan club, and. That was a big part of our content in the in the uh the early day or a few months ago. It was mm-hmm. pretty hysterical. But um oh, I was just like dying to see them, man. Absolutely dying to see them. And this is a song that I that I look forward to seeing. I, and I hope they're not every show they've played it for me, but um for us or for the band, I'm saying it for me, as if they are doing it for me. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh it was something that I've always uh looked forward to and 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 it's and it's so funny. I really gravitate to the Stones' songwriting. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's just something that uh, I guess that's part of part of my fandom is is really staying. Or I've been staying. I've really stayed loyal to Stone. I really like you know his riffs, and I like the way he writes his music. He's not the most you know musically you know in depth person in the world. That's I like the simplicity of his grooves and the hardness of it. Um, but man, this thing this thing rocks, man absolutely rocks yeah and if it, it like i was saying before like it feels something that it feels like it's like oh it's like so heavy and stuff like that but it's it's not you know if you try to play it's like oh i'll just turn right. my distortion up all the way and it's kind of like yeah, but it, it won't work like that because of how the chords are structured and stuff like that because there's open strings and everything and it'll just sound like crap so it's like okay turn the distortion down you got to double up the guitars to get that layering is what makes it sound uh, uh more thick Right. And, and a lot of it too is the slower grooves that have, you know, that feel edgier or heavier is because they're slower, right? It's because yeah. the tempos are slower and it's got a heaviness to them and it's just deep and it's got, it's got a rhythm and a groove. That's why, like I've always said, you know, I wish not that I wish, but it would be really cool if one day the band decided to play, you know, like some of the older stuff in the right tempo just to get back to that groove and that heaviness and just um, cause the, the live shows uh, I don't know if they're just trying to fit 35 goddamn songs in a show, just, but uh, 
their tempos are a bit faster on some of the older stuff. Yeah. I'm sure as they get older, they'll slow down a little bit. <laughs> a lot of that's driven by Matt, though. That's just Matt's drumming style. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's the way Matt or the band wanted wanted Matt to play it, but they're just the tempos are much faster on uh now than they have been. And um, I don't know if you've seen like some of the older stuff back when they were Mookie. I just recently got turned on to Mookie Blaylock, and there's a show on YouTube of them. And, and you listen, they played ten or like four or five songs from ten, and you feel like you're watching them with slow mo. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild, even flow. Like it's so <laughs> slow the way Matt Chamberlain was playing it, and um, and then it was just to me, it's just it's that was way too slow. But like the Dave Abrazees mm-hmm. and Jack Irons times is a bit faster. And Matt, Matt, you feel like you're just on a treadmill, just, but that's where do the evolution, like it's got a slower groove, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's got it to me, it sounds heavier that way. Yeah. Well, the, the, the albums are going to be a little bit slower too, because they got to make sure it's like, okay, let's play this and let's play this, you know, as perfect as we can, because it's going to be recorded and stuff. And, you know, just kind of, as you get more accustomed right. to it, True. you're going to like, Hey, you know speed it up a little bit kind of yeah we're having fun we're getting into it you know you've been you're uh, a bottle and a half deep into some wine or whatever <laughs> right and, right yeah let's go yeah let's do this yeah i'm feeling it how, oh, brandon how do you think the records have evolved you know from that early days to now like when in your mind if you were to describe it like what where does that journey take you in terms of how you would describe their music from from 10 through verses through vitalogy you know, no code and yield, like, how would you sum it? I know it's a loaded question and it's very broad, but like what comes, what adjectives come to your mind? Um, I don't know. I like, you can really hear, I think on 10 and verses, the sort of youth in it, sort of not, I don't know, just the sort of energy mm-hmm. and the, okay, we've got this music and let's play it and let's do it. And, you know, he said, maybe not, maybe doing things in one or two takes just because, uh, right. you know, that may be all that you have the money for or something like that. or Right. It's a younger sounding band, you're saying? Yeah, it's like, yeah, let's whip this out so that we can go back on tour and everything. And mm-hmm. and, and as they've gone, it's sort of like, okay, we're, we're touring and, you know, we need time with our families and we have a little bit more time to sit with these songs and we can sort of develop them a little bit more. But then some also just sort of like come together like in the studio or whatever, in a couple takes or whatever. And that just goes to the, like, you know, we're, we're a whole lot better musicians than we were back then. And so we know like our craft and mm-hmm. we can kind of sit down and say, like, okay, yeah, I can whip out a song in like three minutes. There we go. And it sounds, you know, as good as something that you might've been spending, right. you know, a huge amount of time on, you know, stone who had those uh, songs from 10 or whatever for, for a while that he was working on. And, and some of them from verses too. That's kind of like, okay, yeah, we've we've developed them, and I've been writing and sitting on them for a while. But you know, then you're kind of a professional or whatever, and like, yeah, I could write a song that was, that was as good as that, and probably like ten minutes or something like that. And you know, maybe then you sit in the in the studio and kind of like, ah, but if it's just you know guitar and drums and bass, you know, let's add a little kind of weird sounds and some keyboard or something like that too to make it a little bit more uh, interesting and you know not sound like everything else that we we did before because we we did that already you know right i agree man i agree i think like the earlier days it was definitely stone and jeff heavy like there's definitely a certain tone to the records and i i feel for me that you start to see everybody's 
contributions into the music, mm-hmm. right? A lot of Ed right now than ever before. And, and just, you feel like everybody's contributing. And I feel like, you know, when you hear other bands, it's their, their main riff writer, the main songwriter, the main, and everybody kind of has a role. But I think these guys, I think Pearl Jam has done an amazing job, just you know, everybody contributing and putting stuff in the pie. And, and that's how it's kind of evolved. Yeah, and Yield was the real turning point, I think, for that, too. Right. Because Ed, Ed only has two songs on it, and everybody else, you know, they Stone and Jeff started writing lyrics for things, so. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, Pearl Jam, like, if imagine if it was Stone always writing riffs, and it would always sound like a live or even flow or just like a grungier 90s t- sound. Mm-hmm. Now it just doesn't sound anything like it anymore, right? It's pretty interesting. Yeah. And I managed to hang on. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all we all grow, we all right. change. And right, right. Why why wouldn't you expect the uh, the art you like to 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 grow and change too? That's true. Yeah, it's amazing. If you want to listen to the old stuff, just keep listening to the old stuff. If you want to listen to new stuff, you can listen to that too. It's not like yeah. it's going to ruin old stuff for you. It's like oh, nope, they released a new album, so that means you have to burn all the uh, copies of all the old stuff. It's got to be erased yeah. from. A hundred percent, man. And like, you you know, doing Do the Evolution with you got, and I reintroduced myself to Yield. That was my first, uh, that year was the first year I took a stab at being, you know, joining a, building a tribute band. And that was the, uh, that was the record um, that we focused on, that we started our songs a lot. You know, that was the record that was out when we started playing. As I was, you know, super fun and never forget it. and it's got a different sound to it, and it's still they can go back and rock it and crush it still, which is still awesome. And um, can always go back to it. Yeah. It's neat now they've got such a huge catalog of all these different songs contributed by all the different bandmates and Wild Man. It's such a neat. And I don't want to think it's you. I don't know if it's unique or not, but at least for this band, it just feel like what what a from where they were to where they are now. I can't think of another band that's that's like that in a lot of ways. Well, uh, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I end this with uh, people by asking them what's something that uh, they can do to kind of to share the light, to try to uh, uh, spread kindness and, and humanity out to other people, especially in some of these times. I don't know what stuff is going to be like when this episode comes out, but uh, probably not going to be all 100% back to normal. But I mean, even then you can still, you know, say please and thank you to people, right? hundred percent. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think that's a great question at this point in time. And I think if we can all just be more present, right. And, um, and be less judgmental, you know, stay in the present moment and, and enjoy what we have right now, which is, um, we can't really, pre- we can't predict the future. And, uh, we, obviously, we can always look back in the past, but, you know, in terms of spreading kindness and, you know, being kind to yourself will allow you to be kind to others. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like, you know, let's take care of ourselves and let's uh, allow ourselves to get, you know, give us permission, give yourself permission to, you know, to let go of um, some things and um, which will help you will help us all with our relationships in some way. So. Hopefully that's kind of what you were asking for. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like the if if you don't love yourself, how are you gonna know how to love someone else? That's correct. That's correct. That's that's at least a a philosophy that that I think resonates with me. And uh if if people 
like what they heard today, they can uh, check out uh, you in other places, right? Yeah, Tom Arquino and I, um, we have another Pearl Jam fan podcast called In Too Deep. And um, it's on at least until you change the uh, title again. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about that another podcast, but it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be about a Pearl Jam podcast. But uh, we changed the title because we realized we both love Pearl Jam. But um, yeah, in too deep, and uh, it's Tom and I having a a more of a lighthearted look at the band and and less academic look at the band, and we just talk about our experiences growing up with the band, and we'd love for you guys to check it out for sure. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a good time, real entertaining. You're gonna have uh, fun listening to it. Uh, thanks, Brandon. Thanks for oh, having yeah. me, man. I appreciate. It. I want you to come on to our podcast. Oh, hey, so, yeah. Whenever uh, if I, well, I'll, I'll 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 clear out my schedule and. Uh, yeah, I got your schedule. I'm gonna pencil you in. Yeah, I'll pencil you in. You, like you said, you'll drink some a uh, couple cups, couple cups of coffee to handle Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, make gonna, sure make sure I'm on my toes. Man. I don't get a. He he talks fast and he'll come at you real hard. But no, he's just a no. He loves a hardcore. He's a hardcore fan like you and I. Pretty funny at the same time. So um, I think we'll have a blast. Yeah, let's make sure his head doesn't get too big about calling him funny. I guess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, yeah. Well, thanks for coming, on, Carlos. Real good, real good talking to you. I'll talk to you again. You too. You too, Brandon. Thanks so much. The Better Brand Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Paloma and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by their respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any stories and insights you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Carlos and as always, this is Brandon saying, you know, the courts might not work anymore, but as long as everybody is videotaping everyone else, justice will be done.